Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Get Real with Dr. Ronay, Doctor of Clinical Psychology and Trauma Specialist. Dr. Ronay Calvert is Executive Director of Live Treatment Concierge Services. Live Treatment provides a unique wraparound approach of concierge services in person and virtually, specifically tailored to each client with a level of effectiveness that transcends any other program. In her daily experience of guiding clients to recovery and emotional freedom, Dr. Renee Calvert gets real to shed light on subjects that have remained in the shadows with courage and compassion. Joined by Bindi Height, international spiritual coach and mentor from Ethical Change Agency, with the mission to inspire change makers and holistic healers to create collective change to make the world a better place through the power of human connection, purpose, and podcasts. It's time to get real. Hey, Ronay. Hey, Bendy. Now, today we've got a, a really juicy topic um, that came about um, after you and I were on another podcast and we were on a panel talking about shame and uh, one of the other panellists brought up the term gaslighting. And as we went through our conversation, all of us, I think, went, oh, gosh, I've experienced this. And a lot of people don't have an understanding of what it is and whether they've experienced it. And I, in that particular moment in that podcast, it really hit me after I listened back to it later that, gosh, I've been there. <laughs> so that's why we're talking about it today. Now, um, what I want to start with is a, a bit of a definition of what gaslighting is. So I'm going to give you word-for-word word terms here because a lot of people don't understand this. So gaslighting is a colloquialism that is loosely defined as making someone question their reality. The term is also used informally to describe someone, a gaslighter, who persistently puts forth a false narrative which leads another person or group of people to doubt their own perceptions to the extent that they become disorientated or distressed. This dynamic is generally only possible when the audience is vulnerable, such as in unequal power relationships, or when the audience is fearful of the losses associated with challenging the false narrative. Gaslighting is not necessarily malicious or intentional, although in some cases it is. So today, we're talking about trauma the smooth criminal, the mindfuck of questioning your own reality. And that really is at the crux of the true mindfuck of trauma is questioning our own reality. Mm. The idea that our gut, our mind, what we know is up for debate and that gaslighting also exists from within. Mm. meaning we can be our own gaslighters. Mm. We can be the first out of protection of ourselves 
to convince ourselves intentionally or otherwise just to avoid the pain of recognizing the depth of our trauma. We can very easily attempt to convince ourselves and then seek out others to corroborate Mm. evidence that our trauma didn't exist, wasn't as bad as we thought it was. The mind, the brain is so powerful Mm. in its desire and ability to protect ourselves. We're designed to, our, our brains are designed to protect ourselves from the degree of our trauma so that we do not become absolutely overloaded and paralyzed. There's a reason why we can't remember detail for detail every traumatic event of our lives or why we may remember it differently in hindsight. We also may compare our trauma to that of another and say, well, if it didn't look like this, if it didn't leave bruises, if it happened to a lesser degree than it happened to this other person I know, there are so many ways in which we can devalue and betray our own reality outside of the quote-unquote gaslighter who is designed to corroborate the evidence that our trauma didn't happen and have us question our own reality to the point where we actually feel as though either we've invented it or we're going crazy. And that truly is the lasting damage of trauma. More importantly than the traumatic event itself is the idea of that self-doubt, that self-betrayal, that we, our gut, our mind is not to be trusted, that we actually question our own reality to that extent, that is the true mindfuck of Trump. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we look at examples of, of gaslighting and, and actually downplaying um, the, the real trauma that's occurred, um, it, it can be so simple that we tend to brush it aside. So, you know, uh, I guess I can give my example. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Uh, but there was an incident that happened to me many years ago, um, probably about 20 years ago now, Um, and I had the courage to speak to a family member about it and they pretty much downplayed it. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I, you know, it made me question and self doubt what had actually happened. And later in life I've gone, hang on, actually that was kind of a bigger deal than you gave it credit. Um, and it's not until now that I've gone, hang on, that was actually quite traumatizing and nobody supported me through that. So, you know, these things do happen to us and we can so simply brush them aside. Um, But, you know, we do need to recognise that and deal with it because, you know, there is a purpose to um, this thing that happens to us. Well, and I would challenge you in this moment to say, well, I can't ever know your reality or where you were at 20 years ago. Knowing the mind and knowing the process of being traumatised I would actually say that on a subconscious level, when, and and this is just speculation, of course, because I wasn't there, Mm. but by comparison to what I know happens as part of the the traumatic process, subconsciously, you likely sought out a family member who would devalue your trauma, who who, who would make light of it. The mind is so powerful in that way. It's not something I believe you would have done consciously. 
But subconsciously, you would have chosen an individual who instead of honoring the reality and owning it and saying, yes, this did happen. And how can, you know, how can we help make this right for you or just give you a voice to be able to express yourself? Subconsciously, we choose those individuals who are going to shut us down, who are going to make light of it and who we know at some level don't have the compassion or we have seen brush under the rug traumas that they themselves have been through or trauma as a systemic family. Um, we know who the people are in our lives that make light of things, brush things under the rug or tell, tell people to suck it up or it's not that big of a deal or, you know, why are you bringing this up so many years later and shame us for it and all of those things. So Thank God for podcasts like the ones that we had, because as, as you and I always talk about, we're always working on ourselves, we're always bettering ourselves. And the idea that that podcast that we were a part of, you know, ignited for you this idea of, you know, I not only have has this happened to me, but I really want to share with others the idea of how common this is because it's so insidious mm. that we don't realize the power that someone, especially ourselves, giving over our version of reality to another, poll taking mm. and saying what I call poll taking. Is this as bad as I thought it is? Is this, did this really happen? What's your version of this? No one else's version matters other than you. Mm. Your gut already knows the truth. Whether you remember every detail, moment, memory, play by play, your gut knows whether or not you've experienced trauma. And it's whether or not we want to rob ourselves from what we think we're what we think we're doing is protecting ourselves from our trauma. What we're really doing is betraying ourselves, because if we don't believe ourselves, then we are teaching ourselves and others that what happened to us was not significant. More importantly than what happened to us not being significant, we as individuals are not significant or important enough to acknowledge a that trauma happened and that we are willing to and courageous enough to trust our own gut and say, yes, this did happen. But if we don't acknowledge that it happened, then we can't acknowledge the strength, the courage, an amazing amount of, you know, work internally, externally, that it took to get up and thrive again from that trauma. It's actually to discredit so much of our strength, so much of our internal resources. If it didn't happen, then, you know, you're just a fuck up. You know, whatever you're feeling, you can't honor. And if you can't honor whatever you're feeling and the experiences that you've been through, then you can't actually acknowledge how amazing you are for overcoming that. And, and the work that you've put in to get to the other side of it, it's, 
it's so devaluing on so many levels to ignore, question our own reality, but then also have that corroborated by those who are seeking to protect themselves, who the mere discussion of anything uncomfortable makes it brushed under the rug. And we all keep certain people in our lives who we know are going to do exactly that. Mm. And, you know, that's a really good point that you bring up, you know, like actually um, that comparisonitis of, you know, is my trauma bad enough? Like, is it actually trauma? Like, because we have this belief that true trauma is is stuff that really breaks you. Like, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, massive life events. Um, and then when something that perhaps you might consider not such a big deal is still traumatic. I think there's a there's an issue there in actually trying to compare it to someone who's gone through a significant, you know, life event um, to someone who probably hasn't gone through as much. But you can't compare the two because everybody's experience is unique. And what happens to you doesn't happen to anybody else. And your impacts from that are going to be so different. That's not only true, but when we say that, you know, what happened to us wasn't as bad as what happened to another, or perhaps it wasn't as significant because it, because it didn't break us. Well, it sure is how minor mm. because we didn't break doesn't mean that what happened to us wasn't significant. It means that we coped. It means that we found a way to survive and thrive past it. Not that the trauma itself wasn't significant, but that we're actually much stronger than we gave ourselves credit for. Because we didn't break, doesn't mean that the trauma wasn't real or significant. It means we're not giving ourselves credit enough for just how strong we were. And whatever coping mechanisms we used at the time, right or wrong, it got us to this place where we can now step back and acknowledge what did happen and become better for it. But, you know, when we discuss trauma, there's kind of, you know, amongst us psychologists in the world, we call like little T trauma and big T trauma. Mm. And really what it comes down to is like little T trauma uh, really comes from that comparison of if there are no bruises, if there was no significant event, no police report, it didn't look you know, hyperbolic, it didn't look like, you know, explosive. Sometimes the largest mindfuck of trauma is when it doesn't look that way. Mm. When you don't have an explosive event, when you don't have something huge, significant, bloody, you know, physical damage. Um, trauma is so insidious. Trauma is a liar. It's something that comes from the idea of self-betrayal, of comparis comparisonitis, as you called it, to, you know, comparing my trauma to yours and whose was worse in the whole nine yards. As you said so beautifully, you know, each of us are individuals. We're all built with our own set of tools of how to deal with our own lives. Were we to deal with someone else's, you know, it might come way easier for us. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that our trauma, our breakthroughs, our victories, 
are our own and they're not to be discredited. And so when we compare ourselves to others, one of the greatest mindfucks of it all is some of the worst traumas I've ever experienced have left no bruises. Some of the worst traumas I've ever walked clients through were so insidious that they didn't realize that their entire self-esteem, belief in themselves, acknowledgement of their own reality was so insidious and seemingly so normal that it tore down the very fabric of their being. And the only thing that they were left with was the idea that they were when so-and-so over here has experienced these horrifically traumatic events that can be named that, you know, have a clear victim and a clear perpetrator and a clear, you know, you, you follow the breadcrumbs and you can see step by step what occurred. Some of the greatest mind fucks that occur with trauma are those that are emotional, are those that are insidious, are those that crack away and chip away at the core and the fabric of our being. And we don't have those major big life events to point to. But I also have to say that even for those of us who have had the big major life events to point to, um, the fires and floods, so to speak, we still, in dishonoring our own reality and dishonoring our own feelings, will say, well, there were fires and floods for me, but this person over here had fires and floods and earthquakes and volcano eruptions. So my trauma is still less significant. Mm. We can devalue ourselves in the efforts of protecting ourselves from the significance of our own trauma all day long. And we will find those who corroborate that story on a subconscious level. And also because those that are the perpetrators in our lives, if they still exist within our core network of people who we still speak to, they lie at the epicenter of our trauma. Mm. So of course it's going to be in their best interest to devalue and minimize anything that we've been through. Whether we're seeking it out subconsciously or whether or not it's just in our system that that is what those closest to us do is teach us that protecting the family unit, protecting the relationship is far more important than protecting the self. Mm, and there's nothing more important than protecting the self when it comes to overcoming trauma. Mm, exactly. And I think, you know, what you said there about that, you know, the, the grand scale kind of trauma with the, the earthquakes and volcanoes, um, regardless of the, the level of trauma that we've been through, I think we just need to let go of that comparison and just look at our own situation and understand that it's ours to own, acknowledge what it is and to feel it and and to, to deal with it. Because we can't, you know, like you said, deal with someone else's trauma. It's ours and how we feel about it is completely fine. And it doesn't matter that it's not the earthquakes and volcanoes. It is what it is to you. And to forgive ourselves for the idea that our brains are doing exactly what they're supposed to do mm. by helping us survive. We're not supposed to feel the impact and the memory of every trauma that's ever occurred because we would break apart and not be able to survive and not be able to continue. 
So it's about that forgiveness that comes from whatever got us to the place where we can take a look at things now and walk through this with compassion for ourselves. None of this was, it's by design that our brains protect us, our magnificent brains protect us the way they do from our own trauma. It's also magnificent of our brains that once we say we are ready to deal with this and we are ready to deal with this with support and help because no one should walk through the processing of trauma, the significance of their trauma alone Mm. and the mindfuck of how many times we have told ourselves that because it doesn't look like X, Y, or Z, it's not significant. Mm. Um, We are here today in gratitude for the coping mechanisms we needed to utilize until they were no longer necessary and actually started working against our best interest. We did what we needed to do then to cope. And now the very things that we coped with then have become the very things that hold us back today. And so we release with love and compassion those coping mechanisms that no longer serve us, the hiding and the self-betrayal that we no longer need to do because we're going to walk through this with compassion and we are going to choose those individuals who acknowledge and hear us and validate that our experience being our experience is enough and that we don't have anything to prove. And I, and it does come back to that validation piece, you know, um, that, you know, you need your own validation more so than anyone else's. Um, and if you are seeking validation outside yourself, um, you know, you need to learn over time who you can actually lean on for advice. But first and foremost, you've got to have your own validation because, um, that's all part of recognizing um, what's happened to you and, and how you're going to move forward. It is so important that we acknowledge our own truth. Mm. However, we come to get there, whatever eye opening experiences we have, that, you know, all these years later, like with you, with this podcast that we had, that it, that is such an evidence of someone who is always looking to grow and become and be their best selves. The most important part of that is it doesn't have to come with a teardown. It doesn't have to come with it. And why didn't I recognize this sooner? And what the hell is the matter with me? And whatever the case may be, all we can do with our lives is try to be our best selves And tearing ourselves down or exchanging our reality for the reality that we're fed by another, we do what we know until we learn something different. And the idea that we're willing to learn and grow, that makes us friggin' miraculous. That makes us, that makes us pretty phenomenal beings. And as I've always said, you know, my clients, the, the, the fellow human beings, that walk alongside of me along the journey of trauma, along the journey of resolution. They're the most heroic people I have ever met in my life because it is one thing to stay under the covers and ignore that trauma happened. But once you acknowledge it and love yourself through it, you become so much, well, you've always been 
the brave, strong, courageous person you are and you are becoming. You just didn't give yourself credit for it. Giving yourself credit for being the amazing person you are, acknowledging what you have walked through and acknowledging what you can walk through and that breaking apart doesn't have to be what signifies or signals to us that we've been through trauma. Going through the epicenter of our trauma again, revisiting our perpetrator, telling ourselves that that is how we will know that we are strong enough now than we were before, that's actually the antithesis of trauma healing. Learning how to protect yourself, trust your own voice, trust your own gut, and deciding that anybody who contributes to a mindfuck does not belong in your life in a significant way, certainly not where their opinion or their voice replaces your own, is such a significant part of trauma healing. It doesn't have to come with dislike, disdain, although it can for those people, but we release ourselves from the poll taking. We release ourselves from the checking in with others about is it okay that this is what I feel my reality is? We're not asking. We're acknowledging. We're accepting. And we're celebrating ourselves for another day when we got up to do it again. And to be the best self we could be, not despite what we've been through, but because of what we've been through. And because we've chosen to make that matter and to become better people for it. Mm. And part of this insidious side of trauma is quite often that validation or um, who you're putting your trust in is someone very close to you who's, uh, whether it's yourself um, or, you know, a family member who's, who's helped nurture you. So you've got that level of trust there that you think whatever they say is is the right thing, right? But what often happens is they actually become part of that trauma by helping to perpetuate it. So whether it's yourself or someone else, it's all part of that same puzzle. And, you know, as um, you said previously, silence breeds permission. We as the family system, blood relatives or family of our choosing, whatever the case may be, we know those who protect themselves or their story over us. We know what we've done to also protect them over ourselves. Those are the things that stop when we acknowledge and take our own hand and lead with our own gut and say, it is okay if their reality and my reality don't match up because I'm not asking for their version of my reality. I'm seeking out safe people and those safe people may not exist within a family system that seeks to maintain that things that were not okay are okay. We owe it to ourselves to find those individuals beginning with us that acknowledge our trauma, 
our pain and our fear, that are compassionate and kind about the coping mechanisms that it took to get here and to stop looking to others to tell our narrative for us. We already know the narrative. Our gut is already very aware of the narrative. All we're doing when we're asking others, was it as bad as I think it was? Did this really happen? Is really just trying to postpone reality, to go back to old coping mechanisms where betraying ourselves and our reality felt like what we needed to do at the time. And now it's time to look for different answers and a different path forward. And we wouldn't be having this conversation if we didn't believe fully in the human resilience that it takes to do that. Because I've seen it day after day after day, minute after minute after minute. I've seen it in you. I've seen it in me. And I've seen it in the humans that walk along this very brave path forward with us. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the whole purpose behind uh, this episode was for us to to really raise awareness on this. And, um, you know, as I said previously, people just do not realise that they're going through this. And, and when, you know, I got that alarm bell, I thought it was time for us to, to share and raise that awareness. So uh, the other thing that we share uh, as part of these episodes is our song. So, Ronay, what is your song for this episode? One of the most healing ways that I know, not only for connection, but also for connecting to ourselves and moving through trauma, fear, letting go and self-forgiveness is music. And for me, my song today is Praying by Kesha. The words are absolutely phenomenal. And I believe it is an anthem for the healing power that exists within us all. Amazing song. And uh, my song for this episode is Jar of Hearts by Christina Perry. You can find those along with the episode that we did on shame in our playlist on Spotify. Just search for Get Real with Dr. Ronay. You'll also find the meditation, Trust Your Intuition, on Inside Timer. Thanks for getting real with me, Dr. Renee. Thanks for getting real with me, Bindi, as always. Thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Dr. Renee. If you've loved the show and would like to experience coaching with coaches like Dr. Renee or Bindi through Live Treatment Concierge Services, visit livetreatmentvip.com. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. 
You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.